your brand new Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup champions, Captain Ryan Rickard, and the Zal Dangerous one, Chris Zaldane, this week on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Thank you all for once again returning here to the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast. I just got home from Port Aransas, Texas, the Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship, and um, makes me wonder why the hell I live here. I mean, it's summer there, and it is not here, but uh, that was a freaking really cool event. Um And I'll be honest, you know, going down there, I'm like, okay, it's a Redfish Cup event. It's cool. It's on FS1. That's huge. Um, But it's a Redfish Cup event. I I was excited because I'd seen so many of them in the past. And kind of before I started working for Bass, um, I've been there 11 years, but Redfish Cup was before my time. So I was excited that they were bringing that back. And I am a Canadian and it's November. So sign me up. Um, but man, that event was so cool. The people that were there, the anglers involved. Um, I mean, it was awesome. It was just really, really cool. Like, you know, to see pros that fish for two different species and how um, much they learned from each other and how much they respected each other. Um, it was a really cool event. And I know they're going to do more stuff in the future. That's the plan anyways. Um, and uh I'm excited to see where that goes, and uh, I'm excited to um, to hopefully be involved in them and MC them because uh, it's warm there and it's not here. Um, other good news: my Chiefs are back. What do you? What do I, <laughs> so remember this, folks. While you're berating my Chiefs, remember what you said about the Buccaneers this time last year. You know, ten weeks into the season. Stuff was just starting to come together for them. We dominated the regular season last year. We don't need to dominate the regular season anymore. Um, one quick story, and the reason I'm talking longer this week is I got people telling me that they'd like me to talk longer. If you don't want me to talk longer, I won't. Um, but people enjoy the in you know the interviews, hopefully, um, and but they want me to tell some of the stories that um, I used to tell. Um, and this one's embarrassing because this is something we can all learn from. Do not make fun of people older than you because you are just making fun of your future. Now, I said moments ago that I've worked for Bass for 11 years and somewhere right around 11 or 10 years ago, um, I became really good friends with James Overstreet, obviously Steve Bowman and the whole crew and everything. But somewhere around that time, I went to dinner uh, with Overstreet, Bowman, Stevie Wright, and uh, they, they, what they would do is they would take their cell phone and they would take a picture of the menu. And then they would zoom in on said menu. And I thought this was hilarious. I mean, I'd make fun of it all the time, you know, like, uh, you know, that they're p- taking pictures and zooming in so they can read the menu. Well, that was 10 or so years ago, and in that time, I have uh, developed uh, an addiction to needing readers, which is fine. 
You know, they don't, it doesn't matter, you know, and at takeoff for events, you would think I would have to wear readers. Um, and as you can see, I don't clean them very often, but I, I, I don't wear readers at takeoff because uh, I don't need to, because I know all the names of the people leaving. If you put me in a Redfish Cup event, I don't know the names of all the people. And if you watched it, you know, I have trouble pronouncing those names. And I forgot my readers in the hotel room. So all of a sudden, I'm like a minute away from takeoff. And I'm like, what? I realized, where are my glasses? It's dark. I can, the names are this big, and I can hardly read them. And then it came back to me. All that time making fun of Overstreet and Bowman and Stevie Wright and everybody else who, you know, had to take a picture because what did I have to do? I took a picture of the takeoff order and I zoomed in on it. So do not make fun of people older than you. You're only making fun of your own future. With that being said, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, one of these dudes I have known for a very long time. Another one of these dudes I just met. But an amazing team and amazingly similar. I mean, it's, it's shocking how much they are alike. But they got it done this week. Without further ado, let's join them right now. They just got home like moments ago. Captain Ryan Rickard and the Zal Dangerous one, Chris Zalde. All right, first of all, before I do anything, I want to thank both of you for doing this. Because you literally, both of you are literally just getting home right now, correct? Yeah, that's it. Just walked in. So how, how cool was that? I mean, really, like, I mean, every, sure, it's cool you win, but I mean, I just feel like that was really a special event and, and it kind of took me off. You know, like, I, I'll be honest, you know, you hear a Redfish event and I'm like, okay, this is just something I'm doing with Bass and, yeah. and Yamaha's involved and I've been with yeah. them for years, so it's great and but I left there saying, man, this is a cool, way bigger than I even imagined it could be. Yeah, that's a good kind of starting point. I'll, I'll kind of kick things off like uh, like all week long. You know, the questions were asked to our team, right? We were, uh, Captain Ryan Rickard and I were a team all week long, and I'd kind of kick it off with the answer, and he'd finish strong every time. Like, and that was a, another good indicator that, you know, we were just so synced up and, and you know, we meshed so well. And the chemistry was there from start to finish. But, um, like, when Skeeter and Yamaha, they approached me for this event, um, dude, I thought it was just another Skeeter-Yamaha show. Like, yeah. like, right? Okay, right? So, like, you know, Joanne from Skeeter called and said, hey, look, Yamaha is, is sponsoring this event. Bass is involved. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. What do you mean? And since this is kind of the first, you know, the inaugural, the first event – I had nothing to base it off of like, Oh dude, I need to get down there. Like I had no clue what kind of event this was. Yeah. And as the weeks went on, that was like three weeks prior. As the weeks went on, it was like, okay, dude, this, this pro is going to be there, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And here's your, uh, you know, who's here's who you're paired with captain Ryan Rickard. Send so you guys weren't involved in that. You guys, it was no. totally, they picked them. No, yeah, we got a call. Yeah, we got a call. And like as the weeks went on, okay, it's going to be on FS1. And it's just like in the anticipation level, we'll just started getting higher and higher. Oh, and by the way, the winners get 50K. We're like, okay, we made the right decision. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you what, and, and to not get ahead of ourselves, but I guarantee you, um, you know, 
reverse one month ago, all the anglers that were kind of like on the list to go to this place. I bet you every single one of them that turned down the invite would absolutely would have would have taken it, you know, uh, hindsight. But yeah, that was kind of, it was, it was a surprise event and it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a, a novelty event. It sounded like that on paper, but it was like top notch professional. And I'm still, still high from it. Are we just proving how snobby bass guys really are? Yeah. Well, I just thought it was a little bit. We're just going to go play with the redfish boys for a few days. Humor them, you know? Well, Ryan, um, like Ryan, how did, I mean, how did they, how did they present it to you? I mean, you, you've been to redfish championship before. Yeah. You know, what's really funny about you talking about that is that uh, when I first got the invite, I turned it down and uh, yeah. I, I said, I couldn't do it. I said, yeah. I, I literally have way too much going on. I, I can't do this. And, uh, Long story short, got quite a few calls from Skeeter back said, hey, um, if there's anyone that needs to be there on the saltwater side, like you have to be there on this deal. I was like, okay, I'll just make this work. So that's so funny. You talked about the invite thing and then people that maybe wanted to turn down. We actually turned down and it it all ended up working out great. But I'm going to tell you, uh, Dave, you just said something. One key word there that I want to talk about real quick is you said the word special. And this thing was special in in many different regards, not just for me, not just for Chris. As a whole, it was so special because the feedback that I have received, I was just, Zaldane, I was just telling him that from the the moment we left on Sunday evening, that the the weigh-in till now, I'm still not caught up. Uh-huh. I'm talking to people yes. and messages and texts and voicemails and all. How many do you have, dude? Like, like if you take a guess. If oh, I combine them all, probably yeah. four to five hundred to get Woo-hoo-hoo. to. Yeah, yeah that's like Bassmaster Classic winning. Like, <laughs> it's unreal, and yeah. everyone's like, "We yeah. want to see so much more of this, y'all." Mm-hmm. Like they were. I told my wife today. I said, "Man, I'm so excited by hearing these people talk about it. Like, I'm glad it was me and Chris doing it." Yeah. I almost kind of regret not watching it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> How bummed would you be? Like just now that the hype and every and I'm sure there's a bunch of people sitting at home, that, you know, and I know there's bass guys that got offered and they didn't, you know, they yeah. and I totally get it, but yeah. but but that's the cool thing about firsts, you know. Yeah. It would have sucked to say no, huh? Oh yeah, I think there were a couple of guys. I, you know, and it's a tricky time of year, Dave. You know how yeah. it is. The monthly lease series season, guys are selling boats, trying to get ready for the next season. Most guys are in, in a in a tree or in a duck stand, duck yeah. blind, or, or whatever it is. And uh, and you know, we were we were we were fishing in front of some of those duck hunters, but it was. I, I did an interview um, earlier today, and I was saying it's like. Well, do, I thought it, this was an exclusive. Yeah, it was a little smaller. It was a small interview, but okay. it was just a clash of, you know, freshwater and saltwater uh, audiences. Really, I mean, a lot of I knew a lot of the redfish guys were tuned in. A lot of the bass guys tuned in, and you know, myself, I'm not a redfish guy. I don't, I've only caught a dozen of them leading up to this event on on accident. I learned so much just watching Captain Ryan. Um, the second first day of uh, practice, I, I kind of held back and I was doing a little project there for Aaron and, and, and the guys. And, um, but it only took half a day and, and Captain Ryan's like, okay, this is kind of what we look for. We got a couple bites and it was just like, boom, okay, I know the pattern now. And I'm just watching him for a day and a half. And by the tournament time, I was like ready to go. It was, it was like, 
they are 100% patternable. And, and, you know, I could see in these redfish tournaments, I could see like the same guys on top of the list year after year after year, much like Kevin Van Dam, much like Seth Fighter, BP, those guys, because they're patternable. And once you find establish that pattern, those good fishermen continue to catch them year after year or place after place after place. And that's what makes it cool. Okay, slow down, Zeldin. You're getting you're getting all ahead of yourself. Yeah. I want I want to know about the moment, and I'll start with Ryan. The moment that you first you guys did not know each other at all, correct? No, I knew I, I knew of him obviously because he's such a big name in you guys' world, but I didn't know him. He's the Zal Dangerous one, which would right. make it even weirder if I had to call a guy and be like, this is the Zal Dangerous one who has half-face glasses. <laughs> yeah. Like This could have gone so wrong, but what were you thinking when you called him and how did the call go? Or is that, was it a call? Like, did you guys just meet that week? Well, so no, it wasn't a call at first. I got, um, I actually, when we got the invite and we, we, and I finally said yes, and we got the pairing list, mm-hmm. basically Skeeter Yamaha sent the list out and said, hey, here's your partner. Okay, I'm She's sponsored like, by Phoenix. Stop saying Skeeter so much. You guys are going to get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Phoenix is a wonderful boat too, folks. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so they just basically sent a little, uh, just a little contact sheet saying, here's an email. So I really just had an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even have a phone number. So I just emailed him to say, I actually waited for a little bit thinking, I don't want to like interrupt his world. Maybe he'll contact me. So <laughs> He's the just, dangerous one. don't leave it up to me. You'll never get an email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just emailed him saying, Hey, when you get a chance, can you just, can we just chat for a minute just about the upcoming event? And uh, he, he contacted me a few days after I sent the email. And um, I tell you, it was pretty, it was, again, it was pretty special because <laughs> I mean, from the moment this guy said hello to me, I mean, I, it was like, Settle, just complete settle central. Uh, everything just meshed so well with him that he is such a quality guy. He thinks so similar to me. He he is amped up like me on the bass side, just like yeah. I am on the redfish side. So it was such a good pairing. It is weird. Like, I will say this. I don't know if they put some work into this, but you two are both spaz. And then you look at who trains fishing with somebody who always fishes her dog, fishes with a dog. And I look over and trains with somebody who always fishes with a freaking, it was somebody put some work into those. But so, so that, so you guys, how did the process go? Like, was there any pre-work or did it all start that week? No, dude, like with so many similarities between our styles of fishing and our approaches there, and about the only difference is I got the facial hair up top and he's got it down bottom. <laughs> Could you imagine if we really like, hard, find it? Team. Like, what if, what if I had a great goat, dude, or if he had a black mustache? How awesome would that be? <laughs> I think you need to bring it out for the classic. Yeah, <laughs> the great <that's> goat. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, since we share sponsors, um, we were kind of texting back and forth, and like a week would go by, and I'd be like, okay, cool, dude, like here's here's the practice schedule. He's going to be here on X date and I'll be here on Y date. Um, we'll just sync up when we get there. But like, as the, t- as the days started, t- you know, ticking down, I think like six days before I'm like finally doing my rods. Maybe it's like four days before I'm finally doing rods. And as I'm doing rods in my garage, he's driving down there. And like he gives me a call and, it, and uh, I'm like, Oh dude, that's weird. Like I'm doing rods right now. And, and he wanted to talk redfish. So it's perfect. I asked him about uh, pound test line, how they bite, which lures bite. So he came kind of gave me a, a baseline there. I was able to put a couple of rods together, but like then expand on that. He, he told me like, 
if I had one rod to choose, it would be, you know, this three sixteenth ounce inline uh, belly weighted swim bait. Um, and in this color, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, did you say swim bait? So I packed a couple and then he says, and sometimes just so you know, that is going to be the title of this show. Yeah. You had me at at swim bait and and, and he goes, and sometimes they bite a spoon. And like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, because I see the pictures of these giant bull reds all, all the time. And I'm thinking of jerking this giant flutter spoon for these big redfish. I'm just like, what am I getting myself into? Uh, turns out the spoon they talk about isn't this giant like flutter type spoon like this at all. It's like that version, but a mini version with, with a single hook on it. And, like uh, and it's I, almost I like no a Johnson food. Silver Minnow. Like that's, that's very similar. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And um, so the whole spoon thing was was completely different, but very cool. But the swim bait thing was like Florida fishing 101. Like Ryan could catch uh, the same rig he was throwing. He could catch 10 pound bass at Okeechobee, St. John's river, just semi chain, whatever on the exact same rig he was throwing. And, we, and I just threw like different variants of that. And it totally worked out. He kept me around him. I was playing with different lures and we just kept feeding off each other the whole time. It was like magic. Watching you guys. And <laughs> it, you know, I got to see you first thing on day one. It, you were, we spent the whole time and we followed you for uh, probably half the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely looked like you guys were a team that's working together and learning from each other. Yeah. You know, you got to agree with that. Absolutely. hundred percent, man. I, uh, I, I, I think I said this briefly on stage. It would have been better I was for the podcast. If you said no, just so you know, <laughs> yeah. no, well, that, <laughs> there's other podcasts like that. Go ahead. Yeah. But here's the deal. I think I, I mentioned it real briefly on stage. Uh, I was a little bit, unsure going into this because again, I'm, you know, in our redfish world thus far, and this could be changing, but in our redfish world, none of us fish for a living on the redfish pro circuit. So again, my point was I have a true professional on my boat and I'm not a true professional. I don't want to step on this guy's toes because this guy's the freaking man. So I was like, what do I do with this? But Man, it, it was uh, it was interesting that even though he kind of let me take the lead, I was, trust me, trust me when I tell you, I was still watching everything he did because I don't care how many years you've done it. I don't care how good you, I don't care how many times you've won. You could always learn something from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me tell you, he taught me a lot this week. He asked me specifically at one point, hey, Ram, do you think they'll hit this big thing right here? I was like, you want my honest answer? You'd be like, yeah. he, go. he goes, no, tell me. I was like, they ain't going to touch that thing. He freaking throws it and they stroked it. I was like, that was, that the, was that the mag draft? Yes. It was both weird. Yep. I asked him about the glide bait and a mag draft. He was like, nah, dude, it's too big. No way. <laughs> Dude, uh, is it true that people don't throw chatterbaits for redfish? That, that that's the other thing that blows that's so me away. So no, 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 no. Yeah. they do throw. They do throw them oh, they for do. redfish big uh-huh. time. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Somebody Absolutely. lied to me then. But yeah. they yeah. do not throw mag drafts or have not till this uh, point. I will be at this point. <laughs> so, one thing I want to bring up too, which was really special, and, and you just and that was like a total when it hit me, like, dude, okay, we've got a shot at winning this thing. Um, not only do we kind of think alike and we actually bounce ideas off of each other, um, in practice, 
but like our timing and it really came apparent when I was watching the, um, the, the, the review on, um, on FS1 or the replay on FS1, like our casting timing was like impeccable. <laughs> like we would both kind of see, he would fire one and then bam, I'd fire one at a, like a different angle. And then we were just both like casting and it was just like, we were so effective and, and uh, it was just like, it was perfect. I, I feel like we didn't miss a single fish on that flat. Um, oh, and by the way, Ryan, I don't know if you saw on FS1. Did you? Okay. When Wes Miller, the cameraman uh, from JM, when he had the bird in the sky, he had the drone in the sky. Did you see that footage of all of those redfish? That I have incredible. not seen anything, but I can reassure you a hundred of my phone calls so yep. far said, you've got to see this. Oh my God. Dude, there were like nine pounders all over it, man. It was unreal. I'm going to send it to you after this. I'll text it to you. I recorded it. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but we still got it done. I feel like we got, like, looking back, we won by, like, two pounds, two plus pounds or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I think we won that tournament, like, six times that day, dude, with yeah, all man. those fish we caught. Yeah. Dude, it was literally David versus Goliath. Yeah. I mean, but you saw that big lug picked you up after you whooped his butt. And, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> I'm talking about... <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> he is a fun dude. I mean... Savoy? Savoy? Savoy. 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 So I learned, I learned a lot about red fishing. I learned a lot from Captain Ryan. I learned how to say Savoir, and I learned how to say Este. Este. Yeah. <laughs> este, I can say Este a hundred times over. I know. I, I'll say when it in my I head. Look at it, when I look at it, it written, my yeah. brain. Este. Yeah. It shows yeah. how bad of an MC I am. They, they, they put 10 new names in there, and it threw me for a curve. Um, what awesome. The, why was that last day? Why did it get so much better on that day for you? I mean, what, what was your day two? Wait, you guys, that was the weakest day of the tournament, wasn't it? 11 and a half. 11 yeah. and a half. I got in a yeah. fight with Bowman in the boat. I told him that on day, on day two. I said that after on day three, we, when we were covered, I said, I think they only had 11 and a half because yeah. you guys were making your, and he said, no, I think it's more than that. But I remember it being, yeah, that. So what was the big difference between two and three? There was one observation we both made at the same time on day two. And after seeing that aerial footage, it all made sense. Day two, we were struggling. Gnarly east wind, you know, fish, wind blows from the east, fish bite the least. And that was especially so on our active feeding flat. There was nothing going on. No bait, no redfish, no nothing. We had like three bites all day. That was it. But we had one little backup area. As we were idling from that backup area, this is day two, the sucky day. We were idling from that backup area. We went through that canal system, like you see it in Florida, deeper dredge canals. Yeah. You see it kind of on the Great Lakes, you know, the, those residential areas, deeper water. Um, this time your water's cooling. As we were idling out in that deeper channel, dude, we saw, like, you could walk across the mullet, walk across the pinfish, walk across the bait. It was all off of the flat, all the life was off of the flat and sucked into those canals that were like 200 yards from where we were fishing. And after seeing that aerial footage of all those redfish on the oh. canal side, right. um, that flat, it just, it bing, it went off that they're just hanging out in those canals near all that bait. And then all of a sudden it warms up, south wind blows, and then boom, party time on your flat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was impressive because we called that, but we called it late. Remember, Chris, mm -hmm. we were like, Listen, these fish did not leave here. Yeah. We just had to find where they went in this zone. And, and I remembered we pulled back on that flat on day two with 45 minutes left. Yeah. And we figured out, okay, 
because we saw all the bait dumped in that yeah. channel. We we're like, that's the entry point where they're coming in from. And we, and I said, I remember sitting there saying, gosh, if we could have had 30 more minutes because that's where they're coming in from. And now when the wind died down, they just started to pull back in. Yeah. And man, we missed a couple big bites on day two with like 15 minutes left. That would have really changed our day too. But it, it all worked out the way it should have worked out. Because I really feel like, Chris, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I really feel like had we caught a better fish to upgrade our weight on day two, I think that our plan may not have stayed the same for day three. I think we would have ran up north and we might have messed it up. Absolutely. We see it time and time again on the Elite Series where guys have to make critical decisions or the snowball effect happens where you make one little crappy decision and then you're led down this crappy decision road or you make one little adjustment because you saw a little ball of bait or whatever it is and you're like, okay, then you lead down good adjustment road. It's like, it's so crazy and it's, it applies to both worlds, bass fishing and red fishing. And it's, it's, it's so weird. And, and, but this whole team dynamic, you feed off of that. You, you're able to bet. You're not talking to the voice in your head and just like bouncing this around your head. Should I go? Should I not go? I? You're talking to an actual human being. who's talking logic into you. You can bounce those ideas back on each other. And that format is just so awesome and entertaining to watch. And that's the feed all over the, all of my Instagram, all of Facebook, phone calls and texts. Everyone loves that format. How do we bring it to bass fishing, Dave? Oh, I got an idea. I'm all in. I'm all in. Here's what we do. Um, And it doesn't really involve the redfish guys. Sorry, Ryan. But here's my idea. (laughs) You can come on. But I've said for years, let's have a team, but let's have a draw. Like, let's do it in the middle of the season, right? So by that point, we've already got... fairly good established angler of the year points and we could involve redfish guys their angler of the year points i'll just tell you the bass idea and we'll tell you how we're going to involve the redfish guys afterwards okay (laughs) so let's say you got 100 guys round numbers on the elite series and you the top 50 draft and we covered the draft so you critique why he picked this person that person you get to get them together and then you know it goes from first to 50th and then the teams are picked and you Boom, you go. Now we could do the same thing with Redfish, guys. Let's just baby steps. I don't know. I think a little easier to do it in the Elite Series, but I don't want to feel you excluded because you came here on the podcast, Ryan. I'd like you to be I part of it. Why that. don't you just catch bass? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, that's funny because I think about this all the time. You live in Florida, Ryan, right? I do. It amazes me. and What you do is normal to me. It amazes me anybody that lives in Florida, that grows up in Florida and ever goes bass fishing to be honest if i live close to the salt i love bass fishing but i love it because of where i'm geographically located right yeah yeah Uh, it's literally never even a thought for us i mean at least for me i I just because of what i do i I just uh this that that fish that's red (laughs) he uh he eats me up yeah that's awesome so we talked before zeldane got on this um, we, we were waiting for you, Zelda. Uh, <laughs> but how big is this in the redfish world? You know, it, it, what is the, like, like really, what is the, it's easy to say, oh, everybody's excited, but, but how big a deal is this to redfish? So Zelda? this is huge. And I'll, I'll use one specific example um, in Dwayne Eschete. So Dwayne has been doing this for a, for a long, long time. And, when I tell you that man has won so many tournaments, I don't, I, I couldn't even begin to guess how many. 
But when you have this guy come to me, and again, everyone knew the story. Everyone knew I've never got up on that. I've been bumped so many times. I get it. Everyone knew the story. But when you have a guy of that nature that's done it all on the redfish side, yeah, that comes to you and says in the weigh-in line, he just could the man hugged me probably no less than 20 times, smiling and laughing and saying, Do you realize what this means, not only for you, but for red fishing? that this was done on a national platform and the guy that had never won one just got to do it in front of a live audience in the first bass redfish thing ever. And you were paired with a bass guy. Mm-hmm. Like Which, no one gave us a chance. Really? No, I didn't yeah. at the beginning no, of the week. And I, no. I told you guys after what, where you fished, I said, there's a good shot that they can win after day one. Yeah. Cause I thought yourself was so protected. But I also said before that, a redfish team's going to win this. I mean, let's yeah. be serious. I mean, I was, that's not was, an insult. That's just, if you went to a bass tournament, I'd say the same thing. Yep, absolutely. Hey, when we had registration, and I'm not even joking, like this is, um, I, I played hockey growing up, and, and um, I, I used to get really intimidated when we, when we, you know, play against Canadian teams. Matter of fact, a team from up north, and they're like jerseys. We're all matching nice and clean and everything. <laughs> Hey, when we had the registration and I saw those, you know, all the, the redfish teams or four of them, redfish teams that had matching jerseys. I, I kid you not. I had that same feeling back when I was a kid playing hockey. Like I was like legit intimidated by these redfish guys that were had matching jerseys, these badass flats boats, like awesome oh, yeah. flats boats. And it literally looked like a, a flat dock with a giant motor on it, jack plate that goes up 20 inches. And that's intimidating, dude. That is really, really intimidating. And, and, and you know, the, the, the pregame interviews and everything, and those guys were on them. All those Redfish guys, yeah. they were on them. A lot of them have history there. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, and that's when you just tell yourself, all right, I'm just here to have fun. And it's not just any Redfish guys. I mean, yeah. they were, to, to qualify, the four teams that qualified, they had to win team of the year in yeah. their, like, exactly. so... Just imagine that in bass terms. Okay, so we're going to invite, you know, we're just reverse it, you know, and get yeah. angler of the yeah. year from all these different cert from all the opens and from all the the elite. I mean, you get your four there. I mean, it's the yeah. best of the best that year. So, yeah. how did you guys end up winning this? I don't do magic. I mean, it was. Remember, we were talking about it, Ryan. It's like we've seen it time and time again. Not only on the redfish side for him, but on the elite series side for us. I've got. He's got 17 second place finishes. We try not to say that. We try not to talk about second place, second place. I've got several second places myself. That, but that's even weird in the fact that it, he was. It is. Because when, it when is. It, you know, on that day, we, I didn't know that about you, Ryan, and, until like when we were on the boat that day and yep. watching you guys and somebody brought it up. And I was like, yep. how is Zaldane? Why yep. are they paired together? Uh, is this the exercising of the demons? I know. And what's crazier is like Aaron was known as a second place guy yeah. for a very long time, too. But it's just it was a really weird vibe in that regard. Um, but we both talked about it and we both knew that, and, and everyone knows it on championship Sunday, it takes something magical, something in the air, something on the water, something magical to happen to, to win on championship Sunday. And it, and we knew as soon as we made that first drift across, I mean, he stuck an eight and a half pounder early and it was just like, dude, 
it's and it's a feeling you can't describe. You really can't. You just know it's going to happen. And you try to you try. We're sandbaggers, you know, at heart. And you try to tell yourself, you know, no, we're going to need twenty pounds. We're going to need nineteen pounds. In the back of your mind, you know how special it is as it's going down. Like, dude, it is so hard to catch an eight and a quarter and an eight and a half and weigh them in. Yeah. In the back of your mind, you know how hard that is to do. In the back of your mind, you're like, I think we just won because of how special this is. But then we get on camera and we're just like, nah, I mean, we don't got a shot. It's so true. I, I wonder, do you think anglers do that because they're so superstitious, really? Like if an angler ever gives you an inkling of, like, I think I might have won, they'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, but not really. Knock on wood. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Do, Brian, it's, did you feel like, did you, at what point did you feel you guys, I think we might have won? All right, so here, here's I'll share some stuff that maybe that maybe Zaldane don't even know yet, yeah. uh, kind of the process, and I'll make this quick. I appreciate the exclusive information. See how yeah. that's how it's done. Uh-huh. So check this out. <laughs> two, two things here. So talking about this whole 17 second place finishes, it, was, it kind of became the buzz just as far as for me specifically because Murphy had called me early to say, "Hey, here's some question they need you to answer, so I have some talking points on you." And Murphy's like, "I need to know how many how many tournaments you won," and I laughed. I'm like, because <laughs> what? You've never won one? I said, buddy, I've never won it. He goes, you got to be kidding me. Like, kind of like, why are you here? And I said, I've got 17 second place finishes. And he goes, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and, and, and listen, here's the deal. I got off that phone call. I gave him his responses. And I immediately looked at my wife and was like, this is the moment. This is the one. I need you to be there because I want you there when this happens. Like oh, I literally called this. I did. You can ask her. I, I called my mom and dad and I said, you know, all of the struggle guys, it was so bad. I, it literally almost forced me to quit red fishing because it gets to you so mentally. Like oh. you, you, you can't change anything no. else you do in your prep. Right. I prepare, I prepare as hard as I can. I fish as hard as I can. I make the best of my opportunities in my perfect. No way. But I'm like, I don't know what else to do. But you've also watched guys, other guys who aren't perfect or even yes. close to Oh, my gosh. Win after winning. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Please continue. So Sorry. I, I, I literally called this thing. But anyway, it almost forced me to quit. I told my wife, like, I can't, I cannot feel this feeling anymore of being there and knowing that I've got it. I'm in the hot seat. I've got one team left. And they catch a freak. 10 pounder that puts them over me by a hundredth of an ounce. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But I said, look, babe, this is the time I need you to be there. So, right. So I'll, I'll jump forward. I've never, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a nervous. He, uh, Zaldane will say differently. Cause I told him 10 times on stage, I was super nervous and I, that's a different nervous, <laughs> but I'm not a nervous angler. Like I'm a super calm, collected, keep yourself together. I don't get like, Oh my gosh, beat myself up if something happens. But whenever we came in from, from day one pre-fishing until the tournament started, I was more settled than I had ever been. Okay. When I knew that I knew is literally Friday morning or uh, Sunday morning final day when we when we pulled up to the flat before we even turned the engine off, I looked at that flat. And it was so right, man. And I was like, it's about to go down. And I, I knew inside myself today's going to be the day. I knew it. I knew it. Wow. 
So, but, but how do you, how do you, and this is for everybody because after so many close calls, I mean, 17, how do you, how were you that certain to, before you even showed up at the event, before you prefaced, you know, to turn your wife and say, this is the one. You know, I, everyone has said to me that has won them, all the Redfish guys that have won them over the years, Tad Vandemark, Dwayne Eshete, Kevin Aiken, Nikki Savile, all these guys that have just, Fred Myers, all these guys that have talked to me basically was echoing what Chris was saying the prior day about, you know, when it happens, there's something magical, but they're like, listen, here's the deal. Everything goes perfect. And mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how perfect it went from, I mean, from the first phone call from Chris, it was so perfect. And I'm like, this is it. It don't get any better than what's happening. And even when we kind of, I say laid an egg on day two, we didn't really lay an egg on day two. We did what we need to do to get where we were. But I just, I wasn't even frustrated. I was so calm. Like I told Chris, we're going to look back on day two and say that we did what we needed to do to get where we were. And yeah. we did. Yeah. And think about it too. Uh, Derek and uh, what was Derek's partner's name? I forget. Those Ron Houston. Yeah, that guy, they had a monster day. And yes, that they did. Day, he, he looks like a professional arm wrestler. I kept waiting for him to turn his hat back and give him the over the top. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. My God, that's, don't ever try to take your hat off on a podcast. It's going to be very awkward. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself. I told, I told Hudden, I was like, dude, you guys had a monster sack on that last day. It just your sucky day, or our sucky day, your sucky day, sucked more than our sucky day. You know, yeah. we had 11, yeah. they had eight or whatever it was. And again, that's the difference. I mean, every, it, a lot's got to go right three days in a row and to do it like in the Gulf when the weather's changing and the water's moving up and down and it's a transition time of year for a game fish, like a redfish. And it's uh, there's a lot of factors there. And, and um, you know, and it w- was really cool was just having, you know, and Ryan, you don't know a lot of these guys and you just met Dave Mercer here for the first time. You could tell he's an awesome dude, but like the whole bass staff, the whole production crew, all those guys are like top notch and it just, it couldn't have gone any better for our team on, you know, the bass stage. I mean, it was just so special all the way around and, and yeah. uh, just incredible. Does this victory take any pressure off? I mean, I, I guess I would think, probably more so for Ryan because it's a redfish victory and, and less so for, for you, but uh, let me know. Yeah. It, it takes, uh, I've, I've tried to explain it. So I'm a believer. I completely believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be the first person to say it on a public stage, but I'll tell you this. A lot of people that are Christian people talk about like saying that you're carrying a burden, right? And it's not, it wasn't a burden, but my relative like kind of correlation to this is, it's almost like a burden's been lifted. Like I've been having this something on my shoulders for so long that was compressing me that finally lifted. And I mean, like literally, man, I mean, it's still, it's, it's set in, it's a little surreal still, but it's set in, but it's like, man, something's been lifted. And uh, yeah, there's a ton of pressure off at this point. There really is. I mean, I have, I have, I, I say I've never won an event. I have had a team of the year before, yeah. but I've never won specifically an actual sanctioned event. So, uh, pressure's off. It's off. It, I'm freed up from that. At this point, I can say, hey, finally it's here. I had a great dude on the boat and the right dude on the boat to help me get it done. And, uh, yeah, man, pressure's gone. That's so cool, man. And, and this is his world. 
you know, when, you know, they presented the big cup on stage, I mean, there was no question in my mind. I'm like, dude, this guy deserves this giant three foot long cup. No <laughs> I'm taking this thing home. I'll take the little one. You take that. You absolutely deserve it. This is your world. It's just, it happened on our stage, you know, and I, and whether Dave, you say, Oh, a, a three time bat, you know, Bassmaster winner, whatever. I don't count this. For, for me, this was a team tournament. I learned so much. I had an absolute blast. I don't count it as like a win towards, you know, the lead series or whatever. Don't even mention it really. But just that experience and those kind of memories forever burnt in my mind. Just those visuals of these giant V weights coming off these flats, throwing this big swim bait, leading it, you know, leading it 10 feet. And I'm having to, at one point, I was, as I saw those V-weights, at one point, it casts out in front, and I had to, it was, I do like, in sight fishing the same way, I had to turn away so I wouldn't <laughs> set the hook too fast, so I let him, made the cast, turned away, boom, there's the cast, and it's just, those memories are forever burned in my head, and that, that, that that's my trophy right there, man, because it, it absolutely ruined me. Do you feel that if you had been, I mean, there's other great bass pros there, but not all of them throw lures that are the size of a shoe. Yeah. Do you feel like when I look at what went down, I kind of feel like this is one of those perfect team victories that, that Zaldane, you probably wouldn't have won this event without Ryan. And you might not have been able to win this event without Zaldane. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And we both, I think the table. Yeah. And looking back, I think of the six fish over over three days, two fish a day. I think out of all of them that made it across the stage, I weighed in three and he weighed in three. It was like split right down the middle, dude. It was like yeah. so amazing. So it's just crazy, crazy from start to finish. But no doubt, I mean, no doubt. Like the area he had in his mind where he, based on his experience, where he's like, dude, it's going to go down right here. All I can say is, dude, I trust you. It's not like I'm going to say, no, this flat sucks. In my experience, we should be on that flat. I, I trusted him, and then I kind of used my, you know, uh, I guess expertise and the, the swim bait thing and the, just the kind of presentation thing, and we just fed off each other, man. It was so awesome. So I'm just going to throw it out there, and I think if we say it enough, it'll definitely happen. You guys are defending champions. You get to fish this together next year, right? I'm on with that, brother. I hope we have it next year. What do we have to do to make it happen next year? I mean, I feel like we are because there's no question, right? It's going to be bigger and better next year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, there's a commitment to do something. So I'm, I don't know what it'll be, but I, I know the company that uh, I work with generally likes to make things bigger. And, uh, yeah. and it, yeah. you know, I mean, but what a way to start, though. Like, you know, if you I was thinking about it the other day, I'm like, remove this past year and our deal with Fox and yeah. this Redfish tournament got more coverage than any Bassmaster Classic that you've ever competed in, Chris. I like, know. like I know. what a cool time in our in our sport. Very cool. Our sport. Our the sport of fishing, not yeah. just happens, fishing. And that's why it's, that's why it's awesome. It's definitely a good, uh, uh, cap, you know, to the, to the year we had. And, and, um, it's just, just amazing. So basically all we got to do is we got to convince bass to build that redfish cups to, to a series. So they have the top 50, right? Yep. yep. And then bass is the top 50 and we yeah. draft away from oh, there. So it's the top be... 25 in each. Are you talking deal. buddy? Now number you're talking. one, yeah, number one pick would be, would be they'd flip a coin. Say, let's say, 
Zaldane, you're leading Angler of the Year at that point, and Ryan, you're leading it on your circuit. So you flip a coin. Who drafts first? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are going to be have to separate on this time, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but we're building together. Okay, right. guys. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's how you can make it happen, I guess. That'd be awesome. Do you think the redfish guys would be into that? Let me tell you something. I have, <laughs> again, I haven't gotten to all of them, but that I, 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 the amount of calls is like, Rickard, we're begging you, man, please. Like, this is what we need. Yeah. I mean, please speak up on this and get this thing to happen and let's, Let's build this together. And there's some really good momentum. And, you know, we have all been looking for something of this scale for so long. And we're like at the tip of the iceberg right here. So, yes, these guys are all over this. It, it, it really was. Uh, I mean, like you said, you pointed out the word special. And it, it was a special. Like you really felt like it's not often a tournament ends and there's that many people coming up to you that like, not that we had a giant crowd there. It was an unadvertised event. It was, uh-huh. you know, yep. um, but we had a decent little crowd, but the amount of people coming up and the amount of people that have contacted me to say like, how do we make sure that this gets bigger and better? It's uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty alarming. Um, and, and the spectrum of anglers too, like the, I mean, the female angler, my wife, she caught him on hammer and chatter bay. That was really cool. And then you How got the weird top. is it to compete against your wife? I've it always wanted to ask you this. Super weird. It huh? is super weird. Yeah, it really is. It really is super weird. But like you got the female angler, that dynamic. You got the pop and cork guys, you know, it's almost like it's it, they can't use live bait. That's kind of like live bait fishing. So like you have this whole interesting dynamic and there's always the, you know, the interaction between the two when a fish is caught, you know, which team is like kind of being a little grumpy or kind of being a little, you know, maybe it's, Maybe things aren't meshing as well. Then you got the guys who know two step, you know, or, or one step ahead of each other every time. Yeah. This steps right, he steps left. He knows what he's going to do, and uh, and just seeing that, and then the interaction in between is just it's awesome. There's chaos. People are tangling lines. It's so much fun. One thing that I've definitely this is from red fishing. This is not a bass thing. Uh, the pop and cork with a rattle bait. I'm like, well, 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 that's like, to me, that sounds like something you tie on for a joke when you go <laughs> in the way. And so people have not see what you're really using. Listen, yeah. I, that I, I know right. you say it could be a redfish thing, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen such in my life. Wow. I have never seen that in my life. Wow. Yeah. Didn't they pull the cork like backwards too? So it was it upside up, down. So it, like it looked really like it was flat. upside down. Yeah. Wild, wild. Unbelievable. But that's what I think will be cool. Like as you watch, there's things that you both learned this week and and there's things that Matt Heron learned and there's things that everybody learned that had those, you know, those, the four redfish guys. I mean, they came in left with what they came with, but that because there was so much intermingling and talking between the anglers. I think everybody probably learned but I just, I, it's going to be neat to see what things pop up in the future on the redfish circuit and the bass circuit because I'm doing that because I learned it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we got to kind of be careful what we talk about here. There might oh, be wow. some other organizations coming to snipe this little, uh, this little yeah. special thing we got going on here. Oh yeah, but we got to keep moving forward as a as a group here as one unit. As long as they listen to this podcast, they can steal whatever idea they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zaldane, I want to talk to you about one thing, and, and uh, it's, not gonna, it's not an easy thing to talk about. But I think, um, it, number one, 
when you're when your partner that you just met is accepting of you to go and do a special project. Yep. During prefish. Yep. And said project is, I believe, making the Aaron Martin's buttons and ribbons for every single angler and staff to wear yep. to honor one of the most amazing people. I mean, dude, dude. first of all, thank you. And yeah. uh, I mean, into how fitting, like you took a half, like no competitor would take a half day off a of prefish to go sit and make Full buttons and, yeah. and then ship them out to Zona and, and Ronnie and those guys. And I wasn't, I didn't want to really talk about it, but that's just like, how do you have a, a fishing event without, you know, memorializing Aaron, dude. Like it's like the first big event after the passing of Aaron, dude, he made it cool to throw a spinning rod, like period. period. He made that cool. It's accepting to throw a spinning rod after what all he has done and such an innovator. He's just so good for the sport. And and we talked about it, just his whole story. And he's the the healthiest guy we all knew and, and, uh, and just never say bad about anyone. And, um, it, it's, uh, you don't even have to be a fan of fishing or no Aaron to, to just hear the story and just realize how sad of a story it is. So it's just no brainer. We just wanted to do something to kind of fish in his honor, you know, and just making those buttons and making those ribbons, um, you know, and, and just shouting them out ever, you know, every time we could on, on, uh, on TV and, and internet and all that. And, our whole staff, man, we, we've worked with Aaron and I've worked with Aaron through sponsors for, for many years. And it's just, um, I wish he could experience what we experienced down there, man. I mean, cause he would have had a smile ear to ear, like all week long. And I think it's kind of fitting. And I know you didn't want to talk about it and I didn't bring it up at the tournament or anything, but I also think sometimes people need to know. Yeah. Sometimes people need to know that this guy who everybody thinks ultra competitive and, got $50,000 on the line to take the time to do that. um, I think sometimes every once in a while people should hear that, but, but I also think it's kind of fitting because Aaron was that person who loved every moment. You know what I mean? Like he really did. Like you'd go places and you'd think this dude must be tired from fishing or whatever. And if there was a trout available, he'd be trying to catch that or salt water. So I just thought. And then go on a run afterwards. (laughs) And then go run seven miles. Crazy, yeah. crazy. But yeah. I, I, um, did, what I does that tell you about your partner Ryan when he asked to do that? Uh, you know, it was um, it's so crazy too because kind of before I even knew that, uh, I I think I had sent you a text, Chris, to say, "Hey, here's," because he had already said, "Hey, let me know what you're doing. We'll, we'll hook up." And I was kind of like, I just sent him a text, just like, "Hey." I don't want you feeling obligated to go today or tomorrow. So let me know. And he was like, dude, like that is so works out because I'm working on this. And that's the first I had heard about it. So it, again, everything was so perfect because I was feeling like I needed to tell him, Hey man, don't feel pressure, bro. I've got us right here to figure this out. If you need some time, take time. And then he told me that I'm like, Oh man, perfect. Take your time, do your thing. I've got this for you. So it was great. But yeah. So, and, and, really typical it's like an Aaron fashion you know how Dave you know how much Aaron he used to you know he's got a, he's got a he had a Lance camper I believe and after every competition day after, during every practice he would spend a lot of time on lures at his table and you know and mess with tackle lures and, and making certain things and things like that and, I, and that day I was 
literally pressing these and he would like literally put jigs together and, and everything yeah. on, on vices and things. And literally I had this button press where, you know, I had, I went and, and, and had a bunch of prints made of his face and we, and I went on Amazon and I got this button press where you're actually making these stainless buttons. And, uh, I had it all laid out and everything laid out and it totally reminded me of how Aaron approaches every time yeah. he got everything perfect. And I got these purple ribbons and with these silver ribbons and every bow had to be like perfect, man. And it was just like, Trey was out fishing. I was in this Airbnb, like all alone down there. My partner's out fishing. And it was just like, it seemed like that day was just like all day. Like for Aaron is really, really special. Therapeutic. I took, I took a couple, it was, I took a couple photos and I laid them on my phone. I didn't send them out. I just like, it's just in my phone just for me. You know, it's pretty, yeah, pretty amazing. He was uh, an amazing dude, and and I didn't, you know, uh, I mean, I I don't. We could spend hours talking. Oh, like honestly, that that's a guy that I, you know, he. I always used to say, I mean, I mean, Aaron will be my friend outside of fishing. Like when fishing goes away, just because he's, I mean, out of nowhere, just what up, bro? Like, <laughs> like, and it, it's the weirdest. Like, so many. Like the day after he won have a suit, I was in a. 144 mile an hour boat doing bass live. Yep. Um, and he got word of that. So he calls me the next day and he's like, I'm like, Hey champ, like it's the day after he won to have a suit, right? You, you know what your phones are like. You're thinking there's no, he's like, bro, I heard you were going really fast on the weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you won the tournament. And he's like, but how how fast was it, bro? And like, yeah. he was so obsessed with that. And he loved uh, every moment about life. And uh, that's, that's what I hope we all remember from him. Yeah. And I, 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 I will say this event, I definitely thought a lot more like Aaron, tried to think yeah. about, like, enjoy all of this, every yeah. single bit of it, because yeah, that's a good point. it's truly really a gift yeah. that we all get to enjoy. Yes, it was, man. It was last week, no doubt. So you guys are, are, are friends forever now, I guess, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like it. I, I mean, may, maybe not because I just heard he don't answer his his emails and stuff too much. So I mean, it might have to be me making that contact, but that's okay. I'll press the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was awesome watching you guys, uh, and and I'm I'm, I'm saying right now, that guaranteed. I mean, I, I I don't know that this is official, but I'll unofficially say that. I mean, what? Who wants to win the title next year if you don't take out the defending champions? Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Um, it was awesome spending the weekend with you. And I really do appreciate you because I know you literally just got home. So yes, uh, rest enjoy. Up, Ryan. All right, buddy. See you later. All right, man. Hey, I'll send you that text and that video of all those. Yeah, do it. Yes. Nice. Do it. All right, boys. Dave, thank, thank you, you guys. Much. See you. Thank you. Two amazingly humble dudes that have built an incredible empire just by being good dudes, by telling the truth and soldiering on, being relentless, doing it week after week. We've talked about that a lot on this show, and it really is just showing up every single day, and that's what they've done. And before you know it, it has been an incredible empire. So please support them. I'll put the link in, in comments. So make sure to subscribe to their channel, and hopefully a few of their great fans will subscribe to this mediocre channel. I know you don't like when I call things mediocre, okay? But it's better than saying it sucks, okay? Well, I mean, it, it's a pretty good channel. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. 
because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?